What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. How's it going, good people? Once again, I want to welcome everyone to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and also thank you for spending a little bit of time with me on my journey through the 2A community. This week's show, we're going to do an interview with Justin Martin, who is a competition shooter and a USPSA match director for Sand Hill Shooting Sports out of Lugolf, South Carolina. He just went through the RO class that was given in Charleston, South Carolina, we're going to have that conversation to hear what drives him to take on both roles. Also, we're bringing back my main man, Tank Washington, to hear what's pretty high on his radar at the moment. Before we jump into that conversation, I want to go ahead and talk about the match I did last weekend at Low Country USPSA. This was an all-classifier match. So it was six stages, and all of them were classifiers. For those who do not know, the classifiers are how you get your ranking within the sport. So you have unqualified, so if it's your first time shooting, you're going to be a U shooter. And then you got Delta, Charlie, Bravo, Alpha, Master, and then Grandmaster. Each level you go up, it gets a little bit more difficult far as that window of margin narrows down the higher up you get so to put it in layman's term the higher up you get the more perfect you have to be it can be done because there are plenty grandmasters out there masters and a-class shooters but you have to dedicate that time to get what you want this match like i said was an all classifier match six stages I'm ready for it. I've been looking for it to this match all week. First stage. Classifier I'd done before. A couple times before. First time I bombed it. After that, each time I got better and better with it. Timer goes off. I had an accidental discharge or a negligent discharge. However you want to word it. That DQ'd me from the match. So I was done for the day. So instead of just turning around and coming home, I played RO duties with the squad that I was on, and I was just permanent RO all day. Turned a negative into a positive, which helped me out with RO duties to get better. There was a couple people that I know was there from surrounding areas, and you know, everybody was attempting to get their classifications up. Everyone I knew personally, nobody achieved it that day, but I do want to give a huge congratulations to Daniel Notch for making A-Class. He stated it has been a journey that has been going on for about two years with him. Daniel was the match director for that match. But he is somebody that has been putting in time and dedication and everything. So congratulations, Daniel. And we will be back up there 
you know, to conquer Tabor City, <laughs> North Carolina, with Low Country USPSA. Every time I went up there to Low Country USPSA, it's always been something that was wrong, and I never came out with the results or the conclusion that I wanted it to be. But I'm not giving up. So I'm going to go back up there and I'm going to do it. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. All right, here we go again. We're back with another episode of the M-W Tactical Podcast, and I have my co-host, Tank Washington. How's it going, my man? What's going on, brother? As always, great to be here. Hey, that's it right there. So what do you got going on this week? Uh, Well, uh, I was talking to my niece, and she came up with the idea of doing a, I guess if you want to call it a 30-day challenge, of going from having no experience with a firearm to seeing where she is in 30 days. Oh man, that's awesome right there. That's and she came up with this or you came up with this? She came up with this. Okay, how now how old is she? She's 25. 25 years old. Is she married? Kids? She is a single mother of five. And wow. with all of the madness that's been going on in the news recently about people being taken and children being abducted, I felt that with her actually having the initiative to come to me with something like this, there's no way I could deny her. Okay, so when will this 30-day challenge begin and what all intel is she willing to go into? Well, for the start date, I'm actually waiting on her to get some time freed up because she's working on some things right now and she's kind of swamped. But um, I want to take her from basic, possibly taking like your basic level course and then moving forward from there. Man, that's awesome right there. I mean, like the possibilities of her just diving into different realms of protection can open her mind in a big way that that it's going to overwhelm her to the point of like excitement and she might get the bug like you man and just dive into various <laughs> different things <laughs> hey i hope so i remember um last year uh matter of the closing day of the deer season here i killed two deers and i brought them back to the house and i was getting ready to dress them and I'm in the middle of, you know, getting all of my stuff prepared. And she comes outside and she's like, hey, I want to see how you do this. I was like, okay, pull up a chair. I make the first cut to remove the skin. And she's like, wait, let me try. So I give her the knife. And she's going, 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 going. And I'm like, okay, you can give it back whenever you're ready. She's like, no, I'm good. I got it. Am I doing it right? I'm like, yeah, okay. Pushed me completely out of the way. 
I went and sat down and she went and she finished the entire thing. Now that blew my mind. She's determined and driven. That's yes, what I'm hearing. Very much so. That's awesome. So, I admire her a lot. Now, um, with her doing this 30-day challenge, which I think this will be the one video that I'm very excited that you're going to make and see because it's going to be a while before this video even comes out. Right. It's going to be over the course of 30 days. Um, what other concerns and conversations has she spoke with you about in regards to self-defense? Mainly being alone and female and having the obligation to defend herself and her family. Okay. You know, like I said, in the news lately, you know, they're saying that there are over 75,000 black women in the United States that have gone missing. Right. Well, her being out there and a lot of times she's traveling either alone or she's traveling with her children and it's just her. And like I said, she voiced the concern to me to be able to have the means to protect them in the event that something ever happens. Got you. Now, has she done any type of training beforehand? Um, Jiu-jitsu, uh, fired a gun before, you know, no. with any type of instruction, professional no. or none? None? No. Oh. She, she went out, she went out to the range with me one time. Oh boy. This was a while ago. I think this was when I first seriously started picking up the gun again. And then I was focused on rifle. I had no formal instruction on handgun whatsoever. I had not a clue. And she was just slinging lead at his target. So I didn't have any structure to give her. And since then, we really haven't been out like that. Um, I've more so gotten focused on competition and whatever, thanks to you, actually. But um, as far as having the time to get with her, our schedules haven't synced up where we both can be in the same place at the same time to actually make that happen. No, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, like I said, this right here is going to be an endeavor that's going to be very interesting. And I think your approach of putting it on video is going to be a great impact. How long do you plan on making the video or how many parts to it do you plan on making? Um, it? I am still in the planning phase with that. I've considered doing it on a weekly basis. Uh, showing, you know, what she's done day to day or doing it like more or less a montage and trying mm -hmm. to split it up into two because I don't want it to be too long, right. but I want it to be as detailed as possible to show exactly what steps she's going through to achieve from zero to where she's going to be in 30 days. I got you. I got you. That's, that's wow. That's pretty in depth right there. So um, now we was talking earlier, you had mentioned about the female sex trafficking that's going on. Um, have you been following that and have any more details about it? Um, not as in depth as I want to, but it's everywhere. You know, you go on Instagram and it comes across your feed. You go on Facebook, it comes across your feed. You go on Google and there's an article or something about it. and not diving into 
look at the particulars or anybody's particular story, but just the fact of seeing it, it really made me concerned about the safety and well-being of the different women in my life and the ones that I've come across in my life. Mm. So let's talk about this and let's dive into this. All right. So let's use our area here in South Carolina as the discussing point. And I'm pretty sure it is happening in this area, just like any other area. But how would you think it will be taking place, you know, on a regular, like when somebody sees a woman by themselves, how do you, how would you um, think that would go? Um, most of the time they would look for someone, I don't particularly want to say vulnerable, but that's what I imagine the thought process of the kidnappers or whatever it would be. They're looking for someone who is distracted, not paying attention, um, just one way focused, either with their cell phones or trying to get back to their car, not paying attention to their surroundings, mainly alone. Uh, I'm sure there have been some daytime uh, takings, but more so at night. Basically, they're looking for soft target people. I agree with that because the couple videos that I've seen, that's where their attack came from or the encounter came from was in regards to not being aware of your surroundings. Right. Also children as well. Yes. Um, actually, I just seen a video on Facebook a couple days ago and some guy was like in a grocery store and mm -hmm. It might have been in Texas. He was pulling the female, 13 years old. She was kicking and fighting. The mom was like trying to pull the daughter back the opposite way. And then the attacker, when he decided to give up, he ran out the store, but a police was pulling into the parking lot or walking into the store or something like that mm -hmm. and ran into him. And then they arrested him. It was something in regards to like that. But it's, it's, it's real. <laughs> it's real. So Very much so. And my whole thing with it is, just like you said, using that example, with the mother just trying to pull her child away from the guy. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how helpless she felt. But if she had some type of training, whether it be firearm or some type of hand-to-hand -hand, she could have just went after the guy and just nipped that in the bud. So, nah, I mean, no, well, not to cut you off. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when everybody is talking about self-defense training and hand-to-hand, -hand, um, I don't want people to have the misconception of thinking I go to one class and I know what to do. Right. You, you Absolutely know? right. So, you know, hand-to-hand -hand training is just like anything else you do. Um, one thing we do is majority of us all drive a vehicle. Mm -hmm. When we drive this vehicle, we can put it in park reverse drive without looking down, you know, at the gear shift. Only because we've been doing it for over however many years you've been driving. Right. You know, so that's how you got to look at any type of training 
you get into, whether it be hand to hand or firearms training, you know, um, it's just a process that becomes second nature to you, but doing it one time is not going to be enough to say, Oh, I'm trained in this. Absolutely correct. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't do it enough and it becomes, as we dub it muscle memory, you know, um, once that panic hits, you're only going to go back to the last thing you can resort to, you know, which might be the windmill kicking and screaming. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's one thing I had a conversation with my mom on the same subject, but I was telling her, no matter how much training you have, uh, if you're not in the right mindset that I'm going to survive, I'm the one that's going home. You've already lost before you started. If you do not have a mindset for survival, then like I said, you've already given up. I look at um, different situations, even in the movies, and I know with Hollywood, all of this stuff is theatrical and it's scripted, but you can see when a person is a fighter and when they're getting attacked and they just curl up into a ball, Mm -hmm. you can see that all hope is lost set in before it actually sets in. And that's where everything just goes sideways. So if your mindset is not set on, okay, this is going to happen. The fight or flight response, okay, I've got to fight and I'm going to fight because I'm going to win. Sometimes just that aggressiveness, the person could be more powerful than you, but your relentlessness and letting them know, hey, you're not going to take me. Mm-hmm. That could be enough to wear them out to the point that, you know what, this is too much. I'm going to leave this person alone. Let's, let's talk about that right there, the mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, self-defense. So I do jujitsu on the regular. And I've heard that said to me on more than one occasion. Like when somebody has me in a position I particularly don't like, whether it be a chokehold or something that's about to have me tap out, which means we're going to reset and do it all over again. And these were people who are very talented and or stronger than me. And they all said the same thing. Like, man, you have that will of you're never going to, let me defeat you. And that's more scarier than, you know, because if your will is to survive, there is no telling what you will do to make that happen. Absolutely. So like you said, the mindset, man, that's where it's at. Especially if you back it up with training. Oh yeah. You have a greater chance of success and or survival. Absolutely. Wow. So I'm actually looking forward to this um, video, man. You, you, let the people know again, how can they reach out to you? Because this is going to be interesting. On YouTube, it's the What's Up Tank Washington channel. On Instagram, it's especially 69. Gun reviews, training videos, competitions, photos, all the works. Hey, that's it. Go check my man Tank Washington out. And um, let's get him some, some support. Let's get that video out soon because I am very, I'm going to have some popcorn and the drinks <laughs> when this comes out. We're going to make this a watch party. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, my man, we're going to go ahead and um, continue with the rest of the M-W Tactical Podcast and 
listen up for a little bit of word on the streets and we're going to break down my last competition and how that went down all right uh, anything else you want to say before we take off tank uh as always it's a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me hey no problem so stay tuned for the rest of the m-w tactical podcast hello everyone this is michael woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the black man with the gun podcast we are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year we are looking to raise the money two ways first if you live in the state of south carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit the instructor fee will go towards the campaign the second way is you can donate fifty dollars to gofundme.com forward slash leo training the goal is to raise four thousand dollars again we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of word on the 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 Are you looking to get into competition shooting? If so, stay tuned to future shows. A friend of ours is putting on an endeavor that might interest those who want to take on some form of a class before diving into competition shooting. More information to come. Sign up for your local USPSA matches. This weekend, if you are in the South Carolina area, registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Columbia, South Carolina. Sign up on Practice Score and look up MCRC or search for Mid-Carolina Rifle Club and hop on a squad while space is still available. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m-wtactical.com and let's plan it out. A level 2 USPSA match called Battle at the Beach is taking place on 23 April in 2020. Registration is open now for this level two match, and we wanna see if you are ready to tame the battle at the beach. This USPSA match was a lot of fun last year, and sure, the challenging stages will make it more fun for 2020. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. The GoFundMe campaign that we have going on, we have put the first officer in training and she signed up on Friday at the Spartan Academy in Columbia, South Carolina. Follow Officer Hughes' training through her journey by following at Munitions Weapons Tactical and at Spartan Academy underscore to stay up to date with her progress. We'll be getting her on the podcast in the next couple weeks to talk with her and see how she is taking it all in. If you want to help with getting more officers into training, please visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training and donate what you can. Everyone will get recognized for their donations on social media. But if you give $50 or more, you will get a video shout out from me posted over social media. NOC's Teach and Learn event, Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 
22 through 24 May in Lettington, Missouri, for those who are looking to become more involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and searching for NOC Second Annual Train and Learn Event. We are bringing Steve Anderson from andersonshooting.com to Columbia, South Carolina, 9 through 10 April of 2020. This class will take place on a Thursday and a Friday. Then that Saturday, 11 April, there is a USPSA match at the same range the course will be taking place. And you can get coached by Steve Anderson himself. Stay tuned for more information to come. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. We are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year. We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com this week we're going to have a conversation with justin martin who is a uspsa match director for sand hill shooting sports in lugolf south carolina why did he decide to take on this role why does he put so much effort into making the match better for others only he can answer that, so let's hear what Justin has to say. This will be a two-part interview where the second part will be in next week's show. Check out this conversation with Justin. All right, good people. I'm here with Justin, the match director of Sand Hills Shooting Sports out in Lugolf, South Carolina. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself a little bit of the background stuff, and then we're just going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation that y'all are just privy to. All right. How you doing today, Justin? Great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. No problem. So let's, let me start it off because I want to do it in a backwards content. So I want to talk about guns, and then I want to go into another conversation we talked about previously a couple weeks ago. It started a couple weeks ago. Sure. Um, so you're the match director for USPSA out at Sand Hill Shooting Sports. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, USPSA and Three Gun currently. Um, yeah, uh, I started into it about three years ago, uh, just shooting some of the matches. I really love the sport. I love the people that are uh, in the sport. 
And so an uh, opportunity came up where they needed a match director. And so uh, I said I was there anyway, so might as well, might as well, you know, give something that the people want to do, uh, shooting, shooting targets and having a good time and, and, uh, you know, putting on some good matches for people. So that's, that's what I like doing. Um, you know, I've even gotten to the point where now where I don't even shoot very much of my matches. Uh, I have to go out and, and, you know, shoot other matches because after setting up and, 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 you know, getting ready for, for the match, I'm kind of wore out. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> honestly, but um, but I really do enjoy watching people shoot my matches. Um, you know, you can set up a, a, a stage and you think it might go one way or, or another. And out of a squad, it may be shot four or five different ways. And so I really like to see people's imagination and see how they uh, dissect, you know, the, the, the puzzle and and really you know tear it up so uh i, I really enjoy uh being a match director and uh and, and now in ro we people took that ro class together and that was right. that was a pretty eye-opening <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh so uh you know it helps me out in my in my match directing and you know setting up and and uh, just having a you know a good setup for for people to enjoy to shoot yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. But I've always wondered, when I go to other clubs, you know, away from Sand Hill, mm -hmm. the match directors are shooting, and that has to be pretty frustrating when something happens, and then they got to get taken away from their squad. And what if you're up next and everything like that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just wondered. But you're the first one that I came across that stated, like, you won't even shoot your own match, but you'll go to other people <laughs> and shoot their match. Yeah. As much as I want to, especially like some of the stages, I go, oh man, I really want to shoot this. You know, um, I just, I'm, I'm just wore out and I, I don't feel competitive by the time, you know, the match rolls around. Um, and so that's the reason why I don't, I mean, I, I could, and I know that, you know, some match directors do, mm -hmm. and some people may even say that that gives the match director an unfair competitive advantage to, because, you know, he's walked over it, but, you know, he's, he set it up. He, he imagined the whole thing. So, right. So, yeah, but what but, people don't understand too, is that that stage has probably changed three, four, five times. Things have been added, seem to have been removed, you know, whatever it started out as being, it's, it's not that anymore. So I don't, I don't subscribe to that match directors have an unfair advantage. Um, besides if anybody sees my scores, they know there's no advantage, you know, no. <laughs> Well, I can actually say um, there's been a couple clubs I went to and I assisted with setup. And on one stage that I was assisting with setting up, the baseline stayed the same, but something moved in that course probably between eight and ten times. And then mm -hmm. the next day at the match, it was still like about another two or three times when something else on that same stage moved around. Exactly. Yep. You know, so um, but I can understand the pain and the struggles <laughs> yeah. with doing that, you know. All right, so now let me ask you from a match director's perspective, what has been the most challenging aspect of it that took place holding that title? Um, well, first and foremost, you just want things to be safe. You want you know the competitors come in 
uh, you have to, you know, look at the stage and make sure that, you know, you're, you're not setting 180 traps or things like that where people could fall into and accidentally, you know, fall into a 180 or, you know, point guns backwards and, and make up so that, you know, the ROs are safe also behind the, uh, the shooter. Right. Uh, so I, I just want a safe match. I want everybody to have a good time and, and stay safe. And another difficult aspect to keep in mind when, when doing that, you know, there's, there's, um, well, you know, shooting, shooting steel, you know, of course you have to, that's a safety thing also make sure that that's far enough away from the shooter. Uh, so you don't get ricochets, things like that. Um, or at least limit the ricochets. You still get them even at the uh, minimum distance. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I want something different every time. I, I don't want them to shoot the same thing over and over. When I, when I see, you know, a lot of people come to, uh, sand Hills and we have a couple of stages that they can, you know, they can only be run a couple of ways because they're, they're kind of a, a trail, you know, and, and one is in a, in a ditch. And there's really not a whole lot of room to maneuver, and there's not many different ways you can set it up. Uh, but I want to set it up a little different every time so that people don't get tired of it. People don't get, say, you know, that's the same old thing. Uh, you know, that's, I've shot that before. I want them to come in and say, eh, that's, I've shot that before, but that was different, you know, and that was fun. And so that's, that's, um, that's, that's my whole goal. Now, if you're talking about that one that's on the far, as you're looking at the ranges on the far left, so I'm going to call that Bay 1. Mm -hmm. um, if that's the one you're talking about, that is probably my favorite stage every time I go out there. Yeah, you know? and that's what, you know, a lot of people say that. Uh, uh, one in six, uh, they're natural terrain stages. Uh, you just, you don't have anything like that, the, the stage one, like you were talking about anywhere I've, I've 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 shot a lot of ranges i i have not seen a, a, a ditch run like that um we've beefed it up some uh had some great help out there to set it up and we have a like a, a boardwalk out there now right. so so you're not slipping and sliding on that slippery uh clay that that's out there but um but it, that goes along with safety also so you're not slipping around and dropping guns and you know, falling on your button, pointing guns backwards and things like that. So that was, that was important for us to get that up. And it also makes it a little more, um, multi-weather, uh, usable because right. if it, if it's raining, uh, then it's that, that, that stage is ridiculous to try to shoot. Plus you have that little Creek that runs through there. And if it has been raining, you get a pretty good belly washer through there. <laughs> but, uh, cool. but now with that, uh, with that, boardwalk on top mm -hmm. it can rain it doesn't matter it, you're you're three or four feet above that the, the creek down below and uh you may miss you may lose a mag or something down in there but you know uh but it's still fun we can we can do some things with that to change the target presentation just a little every time and i still want it to be a fast stage kind of a hoser stage but movement in, in, involved in it too and you're right. You know, people people come out to that range for stage one and stage six. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, I can actually say, um, dealing with stage one, that um, one we were just talking about with the boardwalk, 
last year, because I got back into shooting October of last year, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of hesitant about shooting um, still on the tree, the swinging tree. Mm-hmm. And because of that stage, it made me more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's like when I see still on um, any type of thing that's swinging, I'm like, bring it. Now, let's yeah. see what I can do. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's why a lot of us have gotten into competitive shooting, right? We we want to see targets that are different that, you know, you know, just it's not paper just sitting there static. You want to see movement. You want to see challenging targets. You want to see steel falling. You want to see all that kind of stuff, you know, Um and I, that's why I got into it too, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes made it interesting to me. Um, and and so just like in our class, remember he was saying that our our level one matches that we have, like Sandhills is, um, we're trying to get people ready for the the larger matches, right? The majors, the um, and so you know level level threes, right? right? And the regionals, things like that. So. That's that's what it's for. It's it's to to get people ready for the next level, and that's so that's why I try to get, introduce those kind of steel, the same way that they would be seen uh, in in those type of uh, matches. Okay, I got you. Um, so now let's let's pivot a little bit. Now we understand that you're the match director for um, Sandhill Shooting Sports out in Lugolf, South Carolina. Tell us a little bit more about Sandhill Shooting Sports and what they offer. Sure, uh, Sandhill Shooting Sports—it's uh, a—it's it, a either a, you know a membership club that you can come out and and become a member of the club. Um, I don't have the prices on me, sorry, but uh, but you can uh, with those with that membership. It also comes with benefits. Uh, you know the benefits are um, you don't have to pay by the hour. Um, you can, um, once we get to know you and make sure you're safe, uh, you can use other bays on the, on the range to, uh, for practice. Uh, you know, some, you know, sometimes we leave some steel out there. Sometimes, you know, you can set up some, some of your own targets and, and do some practicing, uh, if, you know, but that's, that's only available to, to, uh, to members of the, of the, of the, uh, of the range. Um, or you can just come out and shoot for and pay by the hour. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. And mostly, and that would be regulated to, um, two, two primary bays, which is a pistol bay. And they both, both bays have, uh, overhead, you know, cover, uh, make it a little comfortable for you, but, uh, but you'd be regulated to the pistol bay and to the, uh, and to the rifle bay. Um, and, it's it's a it's a great place and it's very you know close for me, uh, which is very advantageous, uh, and it's, cl- it's close for a lot of people on, on the northeast side of Columbia and and uh, out in, in Elgin and and uh, and Lugolf and Camden, uh, so this part of, part of this city, um, it's really convenient, uh, and it's outdoor shooting too. I you know I. I've shot some uh, matches indoors and they're okay. I, but I really do prefer shooting outdoors. Yeah. I'm the same way. I prefer to shoot outdoors, but then again, I got tinnitus. So the echoing sometimes what bothers me tinnitus. Right. You yeah. know, so when the me echo, too. it bothers <laughs> me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, now what if somebody wants to come out 
and they come to Sand Hill and they state they want to put on some form of a fundraiser or something like that to raise money for whatever their cause may be. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, they they do have that also. Uh, they they cater to uh, you know police departments, um, zoo zoo um, zookeepers, things like that for mm-hmm. for training. Uh, they've even had uh, uh, I know that they've had you know parties from from the uh, from Fort Jackson that you know come out and they'll bring their their uh, their detachment or whatever they'll come out. And, uh, and the, the commander had paid for their, their range time and they got to, you know, have a good time on, on the range. And so you know, we can arrange things like that. Uh, it's very open for that. Um, let's see, there's, um, there's other, there's other matches too. I think there's a, a steel, a falling steel match too, that share has been putting on. Right. And, um, and so the, the range is actually owned, um, uh, by, uh, Shara Scott and Helen Hankins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they have a uh, uh, the well-armed woman. Um, what, what do you call them? The club there, and so they have a. a so there's it's fairly well attended. Uh, so, so for women to come out and, and they can discuss you know gun issues, gun uh, gun control, gun gun safety uh, and things like that. And it's, it's, it's a pretty well attended. I know they, they have that uh, on the the same Saturdays that I have the USPSA match. So I have the USPSA match on Sunday and they have that on, on Saturday and and it's pretty well attended. I'm I'm pretty impressed. Uh, So they have a, they have a good chapter of that there. Yeah. So for everyone who's not aware of what he's talking about, um, the well-armed women is a networking or a club, as I will call it, of women who are new to firearms. And these women actually break down the barriers of getting another woman comfortable with the firearm. Because a lot of women probably had like um, a traumatic experience with um, someone of the opposite sex, um, but they don't feel comfortable getting training from a man. So Mm -hmm. it's easier for a woman to talk to another woman, whereas some women will be like okay i just want to help you as much as i can because they understand you yeah. know so it's a it's a great organization and if you actually have it in your area if you're not aware of it just sit back and attend it and just watch don't interject just watch and see what they're about and you'll see that they actually have um a great cause because they got a chapter at your range and then another one at csra and augusta Mm-hmm. So those are the two that I know about in this area. So um, I sat in and listened to them talk for a little bit, and I was actually impressed with what they're doing. That concludes part one of the interview with Justin Martin. Come back next week for part two for the completion of this interview. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is... I think second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, 
is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.